Hey there guys, welcome to episode two of Pop Collaborate and Listen. This is the episode that we had the worst of our sound recording issues. When we recorded this one, we recorded it on two mics and one of the sound files was corrupted, unfortunately. So we've done everything we can to rescue this one. We're putting it out the same week as the first one as a bonus, really. So this is this is as bad as our sound quality ever gets. So, you know, don't at us, mate. We, we, we know. <laughs> we know. Anyway, as always, this podcast is brought to you by On The Edge Comedy, um, Brighton's premier new material night taking place on the first and third Fridays of every month at the Carolina Brunswick pub for more information uh, you can buy tickets at we got tickets just search on the edge comedy or if you go to our website pclpodcast.com there'll be links on there you can find us on Facebook and all of that good shit as well uh, so, so without any further ado please enjoy the podcast as we go to town on the Christian's colour <laughs> Welcome to episode two of Pop, Collaborate and Listen, the podcast where we review every single number one UK album of the 1990s. Why are we doing that? We're not really sure, but we're just trying to get some sense of what people were listening to and whether we were right to ignore it in the first place. Uh, My name is Dave Fensum, I'm a music fan and comedian, and I'm here with my good friend Krista Greer, publican and DJ. How are you doing, Krista? Fine, mate. I'm fine. Thank you very much for asking. Okay, right. So, without any further ado, what is this week's album? Uh, so this week's album is Colour by the Christians. The Christians? Yes, exactly. Uh, who knew that they had a number one album in the 90s? That is news to me. Yeah. I mean, uh, just to reiterate, obviously our album last week was Phil Collins. This album was number one for 14 weeks, 15 weeks? 15 weeks, Phil Collins was number one for 15 weeks. Uh, this one, yep. the, the Christians, managed to nick one week off him in the middle. This was number one on from January twenty seventh, right in the middle of Phil's. Okay, so that's I mean that's still that's still a pretty big deal though to depose an album that big. Is it, uh, there must be. I, I, I don't know, you know, exactly how many it sold, and it is post Christmas, so not so many people are buying things. Mm-hmm. But that's when people release the smaller albums. But yes, to to knock Phil Collins off number one for a week, and for him to go back on to be number one for another whatever twelve weeks, yeah, it must have done all right. Now I'll be honest with you. This was prime pop music territory for me. I kind of had an idea what was going on, and I don't remember any of the songs from this album. Oh, not one. No. no sincerely, not one. I, I remember their first album. I remember when they, they had their debut in 87 yeah. or whatever it was, and the singles off that, Forgotten Town, I remember being quite catchy. I think it was on one of the nine albums I had. I, I did never skipped it. Yeah. And I remember their, their cover of Harvest for the World. Yeah, that was a big tune. I still oh, remember that, yeah. Yeah, that was a big one. I think that was probably the one that got the notice the most. Uh, and like worldwide. I think it was big in Europe. And stuff. Black and white video, am I remembering that right? Very probably. I see. I, 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 the problem I've got is in my head. I keep getting these guys mixed up with Freak Power. Oh God! You remember that Fat Boy Slim Side I, project? Yes. 
what was their number one? Uh, tune in. Turn on, drop out. Yeah. Yes. It was like okay. it, low. Did they do a version of Low Rider as well? Uh, no, but it sounded like it in that song. Ah, there you go. Like That's it. Wasn't. I'm just getting to say. Basically, it's bald men. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong, man. I mean, like neither of us are like <laughs> got full heads of hair. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you're doing better than I am. But anyway, right. So I guess the first question we're going to ask. Well, no, actually, I mean, the whole point of this next question is where we work out whether this is any good or not. Okay, so we got a, a sophomore effort from a group that hit big with their first record. Uh, and it really was big. I was reading that their first record uh, was, at the time, Island Records' highest selling debut album release. Jesus, and like not Right, from all of their stuff, the Christians album in 1987 was the biggest selling debut. Uh, you know, and Island Records' home of U2, home of Bob Marley. Yeah, absolutely. They've got crazy big acts. Yeah. But for some reason, the fucking Christians blew the rest of them out of the water with their debut don't understand maybe it was again uh, it was released in a very fallow period and there was nothing else to buy i don't know but it was uh, that was a massive album it yep. turns out this one their follow-up as you said i don't remember this at nah. all no nah, me either and i don't remember them having like big albums after this either no, and again, you know, fair enough, I wouldn't have been able to name anything after that first one, but I looked it up, and yes, they did have more albums after this, for no apparent reason. I oh, mate, I, I looked them up, and they are touring next year. Yeah, they are, they're still going, they did like a, an, a, an acoustic version of their band that they took out with just a couple of members, and then I think they are now going out with a, ver- a almost full version of the remaining members. I'm really upset that I missed the acoustic version. Dude. Aren't we all? I mean, fucking hell. Anyway, right. I guess I guess we crack straight into this then. Uh, I always like to start. <laughs> always like to start. It's episode two. Uh, I like to start with a quick look at the album cover. As always, guys, I would encourage you to bring this up on Spotify. Have a listen along with us. Um, you know, let us know what your thoughts are on it. You can email us at uh, pclmusicpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, please let us know what you think. Okay, well, I guess we'd uh, better get on with a job in hand. Got the album cover here, mate. A great visual medium, the podcast. So, yes, yeah. uh, for the listeners at home, describe the album cover. Uh, it, right, it's, it, it reminds me of the sort of kind of washed out watercolour that you might see. Maybe that a school child had done that hung up in a McDonald's on a high street. Corporate art. Corporate art, there you go, that's exactly. Yeah, competition winner. Yes, exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a swirly thing. It's kind of slightly reminiscent of of a really bad version of something the cure might have had and done a good version yeah, with right, yeah. um and then in front of this uh monstrosity of early 90s artwork we have the members of the band in what looks like a very very early piece of photoshopped work if if photoshop was even a thing then yeah i mean that could just well be cutting some bits of paper out and put it on top. I yeah. I, I've got the feeling, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking this is late 80s, early 90s. The the designer in the studio who is all about CDs almost definitely has a ponytail, possibly two. And he's gone, right guys, we've got this desktop publishing package here. Look what we can do, right? We've made this vortex and look what we're gonna do is we're gonna make you guys look like coming into it. What we need to do is dress you in black and white. So you're gonna have a white top, we're gonna have black trousers and want you to do some stuff with your hands. And then we're gonna make it look like you're coming out of the vortex, right? Now, I'm sure that was the idea, but as far as I'm concerned, what this looks like is three chefs doing Tai Chi in front of a James album cover. 
that is very on the nose. That is, yes, exactly. If you had just said that to me, that's pretty much what I would have pictured. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much what they've gone for. And then what I like is across the top in the letterbox, they've got a letterboxed format here perfectly sized for the cd format because this was an album that was designed to be on cd this was this was a record that was designed to be in cd players in cars up and down the motorways of the country but anyway right so this is uh, you say got the, the the christians got the band name across the top that's all in black and then at the bottom because the album is called color in case you haven't got the fact that it's about color they've done each letter of the word color in a different Color. Okay. Uh, the only thing I will say in its favour, it is spelt properly because it's an English band. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, we've got the U in there. This is not a good piece of design. This is a very. This is a. This is a prototypical piece of, of, uh, of design. I would describe it as. What this looks like is uh, the kind of clip art cover that your dad might put together for a family photo album. Actually, yeah, it does. Clip art is probably the right word. That looks like uh, a preset image that comes with your first DTP program. Yeah, it's, it's shockingly amateur. I mean, I'm almost prepared to bet that this uh, this was designed with the help of the paperclip. Oh, uh, thanks, paperclip. <laughs> thanks, paperclip. Paper, yeah. Anyway, right, so <laughs> that's that's what it looks like. Um, uh, one word review. What, of the album cover? Yep. Disappointing. Oh, wow. I'm going with shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going with shit, mate. Um, so there we go. They're not visual artists. They're audio artists. So let's hear what pleasures the album has for us. What's the first track called, mate? First track on the album is called Man Don't Cry. Oh, is it a grime track? You, uh, you could be forgiven for thinking that, but that's how it actually. Man Don't Cry fam. <laughs> uh, but it's, once we get into it, I think everyone will notice it's absolutely not a grime track. Of, uh, mate, like you, whatever grime has done to you in your life, it will not be anyway. <laughs> so I don't want to prejudice the listening. Okay, let's let's hear how this starts. Okay, so yeah, we'll start. Man, don't cry. Here we go. Right, it has actually started. It's, it starts off very low, which is the thing. So it, it is in there. Okay, so we've got some slightly choral synths. Yeah. Pretentious. Pretentious, just just slight rising in, in volume. Okay. Now I don't know if you think the same thing I do when this kicks in. Hang on a second. Right. That bass sound. Yeah. What was the first thing you thought of when you heard that bass sound? That bass sound. Eighties. Eighties. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just dramatically eighties. I think it is very dramatically. But there is one particular thing that it totally puts me in mind of. Right, no. like that is okay. You know, the first scene of the Alan Partridge movie when he starts playing bass to Roachford Cuddly Toy. Oh God. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, let's see. Or right. when, or when he's playing air bass in his caravan. Right. This is. Oh no, Yeah. Yeah. This is the Alan Partridge bass sound. <laughs> It is. It is a bass that has been overproduced. That whoever play it, is playing it thinks is a lead instrument. Right. Yeah. Well. Okay. Not true. Well, weirdly, uh, whenever I was looking this sort this stuff up, the bass player on this album because they've got a lot of session musicians. Right. The guy called Pino Paladino. Ah. Uh, of course he is. Yeah. yeah I, well, exactly. Who's Welsh? Fuck well, off. Like <laughs> really? And he was a session player for a lot of people in the in the eighties and nineties and through to the day. 
And he's doing bass on this album. He also played bass on Phil Collins, but seriously, it's not the No shit, really? So it ties in with that. He apparently was everywhere. So this bass sound, actually, it's, it does remind me a bit of some of the bass in, but seriously, when we did. Do you think in his mind, in his mind, he's the reason these albums were so successful? <laughs> yeah, mate, I played on the first two number one albums of the 90s. Oh, my God. Uh, I yeah. got him laid a lot in Wales. In Wales, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, right, so, yeah, so... That, that to me is the first sound of that and I've got to be honest with you my immediate thought when I heard that was we're in a lot of trouble oh, oh I see okay just really just uh, doom for, for the rest of the album yeah I was just thinking my main thing was I was thinking uh, li- uh, hopefully this will be the last we hear of it just on this one track <laughs> right how did that pan out for you then we'll, we'll, we'll get to that shall we oh, yeah. okay so uh, let's uh, so let, no yeah, yeah, let's, let's hear the vocal come in shall we yeah so Okay, so what are we th- what are we thinking? Let's just uh, pause this. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not happy about the whole thing. I I have nothing against his voice. I think in some other scenario maybe it would be okay he's got that he's, he's going for the real soulful yeah smooth soulful I read somewhere he, he, you know he's big into the temptations and this sort of stuff sure so he was trying to model himself on that yeah I mean this is I'll be honest with you this is I, I love I love me some soul music um, this to me I'll be honest straight away it just doesn't sound that soulful no, it sounds. It's the it, yeah, it's the emotion in soul that that gets me. Sure, you know, it's. I mean, that maybe that's just the way I'm wired, but I like I like something with some passion in it, with some some adversity in it. Uh, you sure, know, but, I mean, and even uh, it, I don't mind a smooth vocal that doesn't because I prefer a more kind of upbeat funk vocal to, to that sort of thing. Mm. But even if you're talking the really chill out soul yeah this is not uh, with, with anything there's no oomph to this at all no so i mean what i, what I would say if i sum it up, i'd say this guy's got a good voice he's got a good voice but he's not doing anything with it in this song that i'm particularly interested in yeah that's i think that's fair but this is exactly what the christians were um, you know that's what they do they're not going away from their template this is what they do yeah I mean you know listen to the rest of the song I mean it's it's uplifting I suppose if you're uplifted by this kind of thing mm. I mean you can't deny it's very musically accomplished but I mean I, I don't want to blow my load on the entire on the first song but there are th- this already shows signs of people being far too impressed with their own ability to play Yes, and again, I think, well, well, very possible, some of that has to do with the fact they've got session musicians in, because the drummer on this yeah. is a really well-known session drummer. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the drumming throughout this record is one of the best things about it. Weirdly, uh, and again, because I've done various bits, the drummer on this one is a guy called Manu Kache. He's played with the likes of Peter Gabriel and Sting, which yeah. you can absolutely imagine mm-hmm. from what you're hearing here. Yeah. That sounds like what he does. The other drummer they use on this session is a guy called Steve Ferrone, okay. who was drummer in the Average White Band. Ah, okay. And I did not know went, that. Yeah, a Scottish bloke, and then went on to do a load of session stuff throughout forever. And uh, he's played with like, Shaka Khan, Duran Duran, Eric Clapton in the 80s on their big stuff. Yeah. And he's the drummer. You know that 
a video on YouTube where it's a George Harrison tribute and it's um, Tom Petty and Jeff Lynne from ELO doing Wild Maggot Garden. Yeah, and then, and then Prince comes on and destroys everyone. Every oh my God, I love Prince. <laughs> so the drama on that video, that's Steve Farron, who's doing some of the session work on this album. Fair so enough. Just, like you say, amazing musicians. Yeah. But, you know, that's that, and, and that's and that is the problem. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into this as, as, as we go. But that, that again is probably Island Records throwing a ton of cash at it. Oh, place. mate, without a doubt, this is the worst excesses of the CD generation. This is, you know, where, like when stuff that's massively overproduced works, you get hysteria by Def Leppard, right? right? Okay, which is glorious because it's so ridiculous. It's, it's bombastic and it's fucking stupid, right? This just sounds like. Not enough ideas with too much filling. Yeah, you get two brilliant people on bass and drums, and they're doing some excellent work, and then you've got the Christians themselves singing and playing guitar at a very low level. Do you think there is there is a case to be made that what you've got here is you've got uh, some songwriters who are in awe of the musicians... And therefore, even though it's their creative project, don't have the confidence to shut them down. I mean, that's possibly the case. Anyway, so lyrically, this song, from what I can see, I, I couldn't, I couldn't work it out. It's about uh, either someone that has been kidnapped and unlawfully uh, imprisoned, mm -hmm. or, uh, or yeah, either kidnapped or unlawfully imprisoned. Basically, that's that's that, that's the yeah. two things. So it's because yeah. it's, 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 it's they're waiting for Johnny to come home. Now I've done, a, I did a bit of googling. I don't know who this song's about. No, and I, I did the same. I was trying to work out. Make my first thought was like, is this for Nelson Mandela? Yeah, that was, that went, is that? And I didn't know uh, if Johnny was a, a colloquialism that people referred to Nelson Mandela as, or just in song. It was, it was some sort yeah. Of I couldn't work it out, or if it's some bloke from Liverpool that they know, maybe who went to jail because that's what they do in Liverpool. Yeah, I, I yeah, I mean, I, I, I found a few people that it could have been, none of whom I think were the right people. So if you do know who the song was about, <laughs> please email us on uh, pclmusicpodcast at gmail.com. Obviously, with any other thoughts that you might have on any of these songs, the album cover. Anything that you're thinking, if you uh, if you love my voice, mm. uh, if you hate Krista's voice, mm. uh, if you, I mean, yeah, I mean, those are the two options. That's yeah, that's it. Um, I wonder actually if the Johnny we're talking about in this one is the same one that Fine Young Cannibals were singing about. Well, he wanted to come on home, didn't he? And they what were they from Liverpool? Where were they from? That's possible. I can't remember. It might be. Do you, reckon he, do you reckon it's the same guy that hated the jazz? Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, he'd fucking hate this then, wouldn't he? <laughs> so, man, don't cry. Uh... It, it's to me again. This is eighties wine bar, that sort of stuff. It's background, yeah. and I don't know why they've put this as track one. No, I've no idea at all. I mean, we like in terms of the way this starts. We we talked about this last week with Phil Collins, yeah. right? This song does not get straight into it at all, does it? Not at all. There's no big kickoff to get you into the album and get you hyped. Yeah, I, I think that the shadow of Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits looms large over this oh, entire... Because okay. that was the biggest record in the world. That obviously started off with that kind of slow build-up and the drums kind of kicking in. Right. But then it stopped and that massive riff kicked in, right? Well, yes. This it, is not a decision-making process that I no, understand. This, this, this one is, as opposed to that one, which goes... Uh, build up, build up, build up, and release with yeah. the riff. This is just build up, build up, build up, oh, and we've stopped. Yeah. It, it, it's a worse version of don't give up. 
Yeah. Gabriel Kempos. Just, just to be clear though, right? Yeah. First song, mm-hmm. don't hate it. I don't hate it. It didn't do much for me, but I was like, okay, yeah. well, I'm not that excited so far, but okay, let's hear what you got next. And track two is called... Track two is I Find Out. Right. Okay. Should we hear the start of that? Let's hear the start of this one. So I find out. Here we go. Okay. Oh, it's a stomper. Hello. What happened here? I'm enjoying those keys. You're pulling a face. Yeah. Right? I think I'm going to surprise you here. Okay. I like this one. Hold on, pause it. This is probably my favourite one on the album. I think this is their best one on this. I... But... I... Look, lyrically, Mm -hmm. it's about the world's gone to shit, we've got our love, right? Yes. Uh, Quite like the message of it. It's quite nice. It's the heaviest song on the record. It's kind of got a bit of pace to it. It's got a bit of... I feel like they they mean what they're saying. Mm-hmm. It's got some nice big stabs, some drama in it. It moves around, it changes. Yeah. Uh, and his vocal serves it pretty well, I think. And uh, when it goes into the chorus and they've got those big backing vocals coming in... I, that, I've written powerful backing vocals. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they, they've gone for it on that one. And it works, I think. You're right. Yeah. And, I mean, fast forward a ways... Oh my god, there's a fucking sax solo oh, in sax- this. I was hoping you were going to bring that. Oh my god! Because <laughs> yeah. if we do, if we just get to the where's the chorus? In? There's the chorus. That's, that's nice. That's a sing along. Yeah, bam, bam, bam. That's a nice little bit. He's, he's up the scale. He's down. Yeah. This was the second single as well. It's the second single they've got. This which works as a single. This is a good song. Fair enough. Fair enough. I would absolutely agree that that is, oh, that's an okay song. I don't think it's great. I will never listen to it again, you know. Okay. I, I think it's okay. But let, let, please, let's get a bit of this saxophone solo. Yeah, let's hear some of that. Let me find it. Come on, mate. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> this is everything I want to have a sax solo. <laughs> I've, I mean, have you done any research? Is it the same bloke out of Lost Boys that's doing this solo? I, I'm not finding that either. I mean, I hope it is. That's amazing. I hope whoever's playing that is greased up and on a beach. And they've given him a full minute of this solo. In a four and a half minute song, a minute of it is yeah. that solo. Well, I think there is... Uh, I think there's a definite trend on this record. Nearly every song has got a guest appearance by a, by a, 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 a different instrument. I see, right. And I I feel like like someone someone that they know or someone that's involved with them goes, you know what, so-and-so is visiting in town and he's an absolute virtuoso <laughs> on the contra bassoon. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, this guy's really good at the toe flute. <laughs> There are there are people here that are impressed by other people, and there is some kind of musical brinkmanship going on, right? right yeah. Like, can you believe that we can get this guy? Can you believe him? 
this guy was in the back of a magazine once. <laughs> anyway, right? This is, yeah. So, I mean, look, right? I like that song. And, um, and like I say, it was the second single. Obviously, other people liked it. Uh, the video is rubbish. The video is, is cheaply done, black and white. Um, I, my, my note here says that the, the people who they've got in the extras to look like they're singing up back and vocals are rejects from the Pasadenas and the Joe Boxers. Oh, wow. That's the sort of look they've gone for. That's amazing. I know exactly what that look is as well. There you go. That's that's the sort of it. But again, they probably made the video in, what, 89, and that's what they were doing. Yeah, fair enough, man. Fair enough. Right, so track three is called... Track three is Green Bank Drive, which was the third single from the album. Right, now, just to be clear, as we leave, I found out in that way that a lot of albums did to make use of the CD format which didn't have to have a groove in it uh, we go from the sound of rising crickets and that is how we find ourselves at the start of Green Bank Drive and here we have the guest sitar (laughs) yeah the guest sitar and mate that partridge bass cannot escape it. No, you said it. Yeah. Sitar and partridge. Going for that psychedelic vibe of this one. Well, the, the problem I've got with this, with this particular song, is as that vocal kicked in over that thing, I had a thought which I then was not able to get out of my head, which was. Oh fuck! This is giving me PTSD from the Lighthouse family. I got a, a, not in this song, but just in general. I got. I got oh my like god! Like now, I mean, how would you describe your relationship with the Lighthouse family? My relationship. I, I remember they were massive while I was working at HMV in what in nineties. Oh no 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 no! I mean, I, that, that, I mean, not historically. What All I right. want is your. I want a reaction. Your visceral reaction to a the Lighthouse. Reaction. You'll, you'll be surprised. I really like one song. Oh, go fuck yourself. Okay. Mate, why are we friends? <laughs> Mate, I'm not having that. Which one? Uh, hi. Oh, fuck off. That's one of the worst ones. No, Mate, right. Lighthouse Family are everything that's wrong with music. Oh, yeah, everything that's wrong with music, yeah, man. That's the problem for me. I, like That's anathema to me for, for music. It's right. it's a load of people that can can do something very, very well, but choose to do this with it. This is like if you if you realise that you are the world's greatest writer, you have this absolutely beautiful poetic way with words, right? You can communicate better than you want to with it, but you go into advertising, right? That's what okay. this is. It's right. the it's the most you know, I'm, I'm talking. I'm not necessarily talking about this record. I'm talking about the Lighthouse Family, yeah. but I'm trying to explain why it's a problem. But to me, it's like, ah, oh, you've just wasted everything you've been given. Well, like selling out and lowest common denominator. Uh, exactly, commercial. Route One. It's like the first right. thing you. It's the first. You know, it, it's the Mrs. Brown's Boys of Music. Right. Fair enough. I think one of their songs has a good tune. Okay. I remember as well back in back in the day when I was reading MLB Maker and Enemy every single week. They reviewed a Lighthouse Family single in one of their columns, and yeah. it was I think it was Neil Kilcarney maybe. Uh, he he made the point that Lighthouse Family, if your man, because he's he's got a voice on him, if he was singing different songs, if he was singing Al Green songs, yeah, he could be a great soul singer. But he's in the Lighthouse Family, so they're not. 
Yeah. Yeah, which is exactly the same sort of point you're making. Exactly that. Exactly that. It's, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is uh, poor choices. It, well, it's it's what they want is the thing. You know, the, no one's, I think, said to them, oh, you know, you could be better. And they've gone, oh, shit, we could be. I think this is exactly what they want to do. Okay, so look, let's let's break down the song, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, the, the uh, pretty simple lyrics. There, He's happy because a woman loves him. Yep. Right, and I'll be honest with you, I don't believe it at all. Right? Oh, really? You know, I don't believe it because this. Listen, the way he's expressed himself. This isn't the sound of a man who's in love. This is the sound of a man who's relatively pleased with the colour of his new downstairs toilet. Right? That's <laughs> that's the level of. You know what I mean? That's that's like it's like mm, yeah. This is music for people who have never faced any adversity. Right. Okay. Yeah. That, I I will definitely concede that point. It, it is. It, there's no other message to this song. It, there's no politics like there is in all the other ones. There's no hidden undercurrent. It is just. Hey, this is. Oh, this girl's wicked. This is music for people that live on new build estates. Right. Well, yeah, fair enough. Um, one thing I thought of was this is the third single, like I said, and I don't understand why they released this as a single. Obviously, because it's a love song, but it doesn't sound like a single to me. It sounds too slow. Too dirty. Okay, but look, I mean, we're three tracks into this now, okay? Right. I think the problem with it is that what else did they have? What, what, which are, which one of these other songs would you have chosen? Absolutely true. Yeah, there's only nine songs on this album. Yeah. Absolutely true. And this was the third single, so they're running out of this. Point. Yeah. I'm going to cut to the chase, right? Even though we're a third of the way in, right? Mm. Um, this is a, this is not a good record. It's not. Uh, it... Again, going back to what we said right at the start, how was this a number one album? Yeah. Who's buying this and thinking, this is absolutely brilliant? I don't understand. But this was only number one for one week. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And its total sales were not amazing. It wasn't. And, I mean, again, if we look at the single positions, uh, the first single went in at 33 and then moved up. The second single, I find out, went in at 87 mm-hmm. and only moved up to 50-something. And this one, Green Bank Drive, went in at 80 and peaked at number 63. Yeah. Didn't I mean, even make top one. Yeah. And that's off a number one record. Yeah. And that's off with that momentum. So they, I mean, yeah. they did nothing here. Okay. Right. So um, we're third way through the record. Yes, indeed. So that was the first three. And I, I think we've seen some of the best stuff that's going to be on here, to be honest. Okay. Because, I mean, for me, I would say the irony of this is we are three tracks into an album by the Christians and my overriding thought is God doesn't exist (laughs) (laughs) okay so like you say that was the first three tracks if we have a little bit of a look at what else was going on this week in terms of yeah I mean I need a break man we'll get get back to it but let's see what else was happening in the, the album charts now again, if you heard last week's podcast, the but seriously one, a lot of the top ten albums are the same ones as we're in the top sure. ten for that because this is the same sort of timeline. The the main new entries in the top ten albums in the UK, we have Dion Warwick love songs. Is that a compilation? Oh, it must be. It, it must be. Right. It's the sort of thing where I'm sure you have no recollection of that coming out. Oh, couldn't give a shit. Not on the radar at all. Um, Eric Clapton's Journeyman. Right, okay, that was a big record, I remember that. That was big, um, and surely... What was a single? What were the singles off a journey, man? Can we remember? Nothing. Okay, I don't know. 1990 Clapton, couldn't tell you. Uh, 
couldn't care. No, okay. not, not a notion. But I do feel it's a mistake to call it journeyman because to me, journeyman is like, oh, I'm putting in enough of an effort to do this, but absolutely no more. Yeah, it's, it's like oh, that's a real journeyman. Um, uh, I mean, you know, maybe there's. A, I mean, I, I've not listened to that record. Maybe there's an there's an irony in that. I don't know. Um, so that's the other uh, top ten albums are the same as last time. But the other one I noticed was released this week that we're not going to be talking about at any point because it's not a number one. Was the Black Crows' "Shake Your Moneymaker"? Okay. So do you remember that one coming out? Shake Your Moneymaker. Was that the second of their albums? No, was that not, I think it was the first one. Which was the first one I remember anyway. No, yeah, because the second one was Southern Harmony, wasn't yeah. it? Okay, yeah. so this is the one with Hard to Handle on it. Exactly, yeah. They yeah. had that big single, yeah, uh, which is the first I'd ever heard of the Black Crows, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, this was the, the album follow-up, Shake Your Moneymaker. And I'll be honest with you, like when I first heard Hard to Handle, I, I hadn't heard the original. Same so I was like, I was like, this is amazing. Since obviously, you know, I mean, I still, I still think it's a good version of it, but it's a very, it's a very straight version of it, it is, and the yeah, original was better. Yeah, yeah, but it was it absolutely introduced me to the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like Black Crows. I like kind of. I, I was never as into the Black Crows as a lot of my friends were. Um, like kind of the blues rock thing has never been quite. Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm a big GNR fan, but it was the blues rock thing was never really like my my main main thing. No. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I I, I like them. I think they were. I think they were kind of a, a good quality round. And I bet you, I bet you, at nineteen ninety especially, that would have been a fucking live show. Oh yeah, mate, I bet you, I absolutely bet you. Like a bastard. I'm pretty sure I've seen the Black Crows, but I cannot remember where or why. It's going to be at a festival at some point, and I was going to be wankered, yeah, for sure. Okay, this is it. So again, this is what the Christians are in the middle of. That's the climate of the top ten albums being released. Yeah, it's again, like I say, January. It's low key albums. Look, man, this is also the week, um, and I know you'll be really interested in this this is the week that Joe Montana's uh, San Francisco 49ers absolutely destroyed John Elway's uh, Denver Broncos oh of course it was yeah yeah in the, yeah. In the New Orleans Super Bowl oh fuck yourself <laughs> but, but yeah apart from that not really much else happening album wise it was it was a quiet time it was just no problems all the way well okay fair enough man and somehow this and this yeah uh, shall we crack on with the next few songs? If we must. Right, so track number four is All Talk. Let's play this one. Again, it's a, a slow starter. Oh, this little slinky guitar. Okay, I'm getting a kind of like a slightly Philip Marlowe kind of film noir kind of okay, detective right. vibe for this okay. the only version of this I could find on YouTube had 77 views and no comments oh hell man it's that fucking bass sound again oh yeah there you go oh mate you can just feel the self satisfaction coming off the fucking bass player's face can't you was that yeah they probably got Woody Allen in to do it Uh, oh, a couple of horn stabs. It's got this. There it is. This song. Right, this song. Okay, cut this crap off. Right. This song is. It's a standard 
anti-establishment song. It's about the man. Uh, the the yes. big refrain on it is, uh, you all talk, but you don't say nothing. Right? Yep. You, you all talk, but you don't say nothing. And that is my absolute review of this album so far. <laughs> it's like you're saying loads of stuff, but none of it... Hey, mate, you're, you've gone down, again, to use the expression again, root one, right? Mm. You've got, oh, yeah, you all talk, you don't say nothing. Mate, what would you do? I don't believe you've got a plan in place. No. Oh, yeah, well, we'd still be cool with each other, man, all right? <laughs> all right, mate, we'll just come out of the Cold War, dickhead. Do you know what I mean? Just... Try just being cool with Russia, right? It's, it says nothing at all. It's just... Uh... It, it, exactly, it's cliche statements yeah. uh, about uh, sticking it to the man because the man has the power and you have none or whatever. And it's... It, it, Again, it's like an update version of Stevie Wonder's You Haven't Done Nothing. Yeah, exactly. Well, at least that had a tune. Yeah, but you listen to this song, right? And again, the, the, like, there's no passion in the vocal. Right? No. We, we know this guy's got a good range. There's no pa- like. This is not the sound of a man who's angry at the establishment. This is a man who is at best cheesed off. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's like, oh, he's lightly fucking miffed, right? So then we've got this subpar kind of porno groove. And then... I mean, again, straight back in, in Phil Collins' territory, this is the worst offender on the album for just Probably. 90s horns. 90s horns, yes. Yeah, fair enough. It, it, unnecessary. And is this, uh, you know, the, 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 where they kind of do the, the yakety yak? Yakety yak. Mate, I, like, I, literally, I, I literally shouted fuck off at my computer <laughs> when they did that. So, we're, we're track four of nine, yeah. and I'll be honest with you, this is the point that I started looking at the album and going... How long is left? I was yeah. like, okay, right. Now, now Phil, Phil Collins, last week, I, I didn't think that was a gem of an album, but I really missed it by this point. I was like, I was like, I was like, come back, Phil, all is forgiven. I see. Uh, well, and then did you listen to the next single? The next song, which was the first single in fact. Words. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah, Christ, right, let's play a bit of this. Like, actually, do you know what, man? I think for this one, I mean, all right, play, play a couple of bars, but we okay. cannot play the whole intro to this. Oh, Christ, no. It's seven minutes long, this song. This Mate, a single? the intro is a minute long, right? And it's not building up to anything. It's just the same old shit all the way through. Yes. And this bit isn't their song. This is a, an old, or a 1960s song written by an Irish guy. Apparently, they ripped off. Words? No, this, this bit, this little lilting bit here, uh, the, the, the tune to it is an old Irish Yeah, I mean... The guest instrument today is the fiddle dee dee. <laughs> I mean, does this appeal to you? To you? Does this does, this does this get you right in the? Uh, does it get you right in the shillelagh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever. An absolute tragedy as And this is the first single. Yeah, the first single. This is exactly. Whenever Island Records were going, God, I hope uh, the Christians have come up with some good shit. What we're going to release is the first taster from the album. Well, okay. Well, we've got well, we, we, we've got nine tracks here, and I mean, I, I mean, I'm looking for superlative here. I'm looking for the best. Well, this one of all the tracks, this one is the longest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Even the single version is five and a half minutes long. Right. So, so this is this is a breakup song. Right. Okay. So he's he's been in love earlier. Um, and we maybe believed him. We weren't sure, but this is a breakup song. And I'm going to be honest with you. Yet again, my man, don't sound bothered. Again, the main refrain. 
if I could just find the words. It's like, mate, you have found the words. There are over six minutes of them, right? <laughs> there are... This is a novella, right? right? You have you have found far too many words. What you want to find is an emotion, yeah. right? Okay. Something other than indifference, right? Give me something to care about in this record that isn't a baseline, because I care, but not in the right way about those. Okay. This is there's the, some kind of weird fairground organ that occurs in this at some point. I mean, they have thrown everything at this. This is this is an abomination of a song it's, it's dreadful it's dreadful and the video uh, this because um, again the videos for singles two and three they look like they've been made on a budget of five pounds each yeah which um, the reason i can only assume is because this video has loads of big sweeping camera shots from a helicopter of the cornish coasts and and gary christian standing on rocks looking Look, man, the reason that the other videos look cheap is because by the time the singles had performed in the way the singles had performed, the record company go, ah, we've given these people millions of pounds and this is what they've given us. We have done the wrong thing. Let's cut our losses. Yeah, that's true. That's what's happened here. They've gone, ah, this is what they've done. Yeah, they were quite a simple, nice soul band. They did some really nice songs. And then we sent them away. They brought in Jacko fucking Pistorius, and then, <laughs> yeah. And now it and, and now it all sounds like soul jazz. See you know what I mean? Now, yes. do we think that this is the forefather to acid jazz, or this is what acid jazz was a reaction against? Right. Uh, oh. I mean, because either way, fuck acid jazz. <laughs> At the time, even in 1990, that's when Young Disciples were, were out, and they had some balls. The yeah, yeah, but yeah, this this was the flip side of the coin. Yeah, you seen a corduroy touring again? <laughs> oh, fuck, it gives a fuck. Wow. Right. Anyway, sorry. No, I'm sure they're very brilliant. But anyway, this song is like you say. This is seven minutes long, right? This is seven minutes long, and we get into a theme now. At this point, I am because yeah, the, the songs go like this. They go. Uh, they go four and a half minutes, 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 seven minutes, mm. five and a half minutes, six minutes, five and a half minutes, right? Yeah. Six minutes, 23. The, the, we're talking about why they put these songs in this order. Yeah. I think they've done it because obviously we're in the age of, of listening stations and they're trying to make... Because the worst excesses of this album are stuck to the back of it. That's right? true, yeah. This is the first song where you go... Oh man, you're, this song ended three minutes ago, and you're still going on. Yes, right? yeah, definitely. Right, um, this is a bad song. It is a bad song. I don't like any bit of it. You know, I'm not a kind of a musician, but I'm pretty sure I heard violins and glockenspiels in there. So, mate, when you've broken out the glockenspiel, you've run out of fucking currency, I think. Right, yeah. This, like you say, this is. Uh they're throwing everything in the kitchen sink at this one big one. I mean, I'm pretty sure someone was playing a kitchen sink at some point. <laughs> well, that was it. That was the big one. That was the, the single that charted the highest for them. These are some uh, comments. I've, I've, really, I've written some, uh, some, some notes on the next page. right? So I'll just read these out verbatim. I went, someone's been let loose at the percussion trolley. Lovely. Um, it will not fucking end <laughs> yes. and then in slightly bigger writing I wrote 
just fucking ends. <laughs> I see. Okay. It's a chore. So, yeah. So, okay, let's move on quickly. Right. Track six of nine. Right, so track six is Community of Spirit. A, a track so bad that I couldn't find the lyrics on the internet. No, I have the same issues. No one's transcribed that one. Oh, hang on. The fucking Sakar's back. Right, this is this is a song where someone's gone, I've written this thing, it's got a bit of an Eastern flavour. <laughs> Thanks, George Harrison. Mate, this is about as authentically fucking Eastern as a Turkish delight advert. <laughs> Oh, there we go. It's the road trip. Big production drums. And again, this is... Is this the right religion? I don't know. Oh. It's the Right, now, vocally, this is one of the more impassioned performances on the record. Right? Okay. Well, it, it, it is. I was listening to it and I was like, okay, he sounds like he cares a bit more. And like, let's be honest with you, I'm not talking about he sounds like he cares. Oh, he, right. Like, it's like if, some, if he's got, oh, do you want this Mars bar? Oh, maybe we'll have a Mars bar. Oh, we've got Snickers. Oh, okay, I like Snickers more. Right, that's kind of, that's what we've got, right? And I just wrote here, he sounds like he cares more, but I no longer do. <laughs> Can't fault it there. It's uh, another, this is a bland, bland song. Anyway, skip to the end. Totally forgettable. Um, oh, but did, where, there's a trombone solo. Yeah. yeah. No need for this. No. Absolutely no And this is starting at four minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, hang on a minute. You know, you know, we're doing that song that's got the Eastern flavour. What we need is we kind of. What about a kind of bit of New Orleans jazz? Yeah. It's like, mate, what is this? Yeah. It's just uh, it, this is some people that are, are trying to put together things that they like, regardless of whether they go together or not. Can you imagine if you were conceived to this record? Oh, come on, man. Because this is, if you oh. like this record, this is probably the kind of thing you put on to get GE in it. You think, oh, well, oh, I don't want to think about it. It's, it's surely, surely the love songs are too bland and the other ones are too fake politics. I don't know, man. I just reckon there, I reckon there are a few albums where there are there were a load of kind of late 80s early 90s mums who have got kind of the uh, slightly grown out perms being <laughs> bent over fingertips holding onto a dado rail in a new bid house do you know what I mean underneath the dado rail there's stripy wallpaper up top it's a single colour possibly yellow ochre um, there are some African uh, items around the house because that's what's in at the moment right yeah I'm, you, you seeing the you, people well, I mean you're, you're painting a very elaborate picture of that you know too much about it. Yeah, the, but I still don't want to think about this. The dad, the dad has got a a company car. It is a it's a it's a Vauxhall Cavalier, almost definitely. Lovely. But he's gone for the leather. 
Anyway, right, so what else is going on in the world, Christopher Gray? So let's have a look. Um, I did look up the UK top 10 singles for this week. Um, some of them are, again, similar to what we talked about, Phil Collins. Let's just nip through these. Number 10, Robin Ross featuring Leila Kay. Got to get, I'm going to gain in the game when I've got to get, I'm going to read the same. Right. Well done. Oh, mate. I, I, do you know what, though, right? Yeah. I I was, I made a massive pop compilation a few years ago, mm. and I was like, that's definitely got to go on there. And I started listening to it again. Have you, when was the last time you heard that song? Years. It's shit. No, come on. Oh, it's awful, man. Oh, Put it on now. I remember, this is all right. I like this little bit. I remember that the, 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 the rapid mix are dumb. It, okay, it's not good, but then when the, when the chorus comes in, skip a little bit. To the place to be. Okay, it's a little bit CNC Music Factory. Don't slag off CNC Music Factory. Those are still baggers. But like, this is, mate, this, this isn't fit to wipe CNC Music Factory's bellend, mate. I'm telling you. So, Robin Rose, you're saying no good anymore. I remember it being. I, lo- I loved it. Yeah, I loved yeah. it, but I, I went back to it, and it's, it's, it's that it's that verse. It's like I was like, oh, it's so. No, it's not even that it's cheesy. It's just fucking whack. It's bad, man. It's bad. All right. Well, number nine was the FPI project going back to my roots, which I remember being pretty shit. Mm, yeah, I I was never into them. No, uh, again, I've not listened to it in probably twenty years at least, but I remember that being a. a, a not very good song. Well, that's here. You are. Right, so this is it. That's the FBI project. <laughs> oh, God, I hate that house. It was everywhere, Bill. That Italian nice thing, 1990s. I hate it. Oh, that's, that's the, the 1989 zombie. Woo! Yeah. Right, that's not that. Jeez, that's yeah. awful. I hate that. I, for years and years, I said I hated house music, mm. right? Hated house music because I hated that house music. I think that was your... Yeah. In your head, that's what house was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember so many... The charts were just full of that, though. Yeah, man. So massive. And, you know, there were was, there was some bits I liked, but anyway, yeah, we digress. Um, uh, number eight, D-Mob. Put your hands together. Talking about bad hype. Oh, God, I don't remember. I, don't, I remember D-Mob. I don't remember this song. Number seven, Jimmy Somerville's You Make Me Feel Mike Real. That's a tune. It is. Maybe, you know, obviously, I didn't realise at the time it was a cover. No. Uh, I didn't know it was Sylvester song, but it is a terrific song. I've never bought a Jimmy Somerville record, right? Mm-hmm. I've never owned a Jimmy Somerville record. But whenever I think about Jimmy Somerville, man, Jesus Christ, that guy's had some tunes. Oh, totally. What a voice on that guy. Yeah. Do you reckon he's still got that voice? I don't know. <laughs> he's got to be, what, he's got to be pushing 60 now, hasn't he? I don't know, man. Most of you were like 82. But he was young. Yeah, okay, but let's say he was, let's say 20 and 82, just to make it easy. That's... 40 years ago nearly. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, that's a, wow. I, it's just one of those guys I would, I'd love to hear that voice live. Right. I'd love to hear that voice. How old is he? Actually, no, I'm sure there was something I saw on YouTube recently where he was walking along and a busker was doing a small time boy and he joined in. 
All right, okay. Start singing. So, yeah, still... so, yeah so 61. So he's, he's 57. Right, fair enough. Oh, that's not that old, man. No, it's not, but uh, yeah, I don't know if he's going to be able to. That, I mean, he can't get it like he used to. <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> That leave that in. <laughs> right. What else? Uh, we'll go through the rest of these. Uh, number six, Halo James. Could have told you so. I uh, fucking Halo James. I don't remember that at all, mate. No, not at all. Uh, number five, Mantronic's got to have your love. Okay. That's, that's a good yeah, tune. that's a tune. That's Forty Niners touch me. Bullshit. Oh, bullshit! Dreadful. Absolute nonsense. Cash in as well, mate. Ca- massive cash in. We've already discussed the uh, the 49ers one. Super, super oh, part of that very right. week. I see, yes. Yeah. Uh, number three, Sinead O'Connor, Nothing Compares to You, which we will be talking about in more detail. Absolutely. Sinead O'Connor's album. But, I mean, that, album, that single was everywhere. That is, I mean, look, whatever you think about that song, um, there are very, very few songs that get a breakup as good as that song that song is heartbreaking that will destroy you and And it's number three this week I think it went up to number one after that and stayed there forever and I'll tell you what that also shows you that shows you that uh, and you know this is week two as this progresses if you're listening to this you will find out that I do like Prince quite a bit and this goes to show you the judgement of that man where that guy can go a song that he'd recorded perfectly well because his version of that song is a good song right it's mm-hmm. a good good song right but he saw someone he saw that voice and he handed that song over and because he knew that it would sound better right you know and like, he continued to do that throughout his entire oh, career yeah, he was good at that forming like the right things I mean that Janelle Monáe song oh my god I love it so much Mm-hmm, fair enough. Well, whatever. No, no, no dude, again, yeah, totally shit. It, it's, it is a good song. I, I think the LNA is not my thing. Very politically put there, mate. Very yeah. politically put. <laughs> uh, number two, New Kids on the Block, Hanging Tough. Tune. Yeah, big tune, big single. And number one, Kylie Tears on My Pillow. Terrible. Not her best one. Wasn't that the one? Was that the one from uh, the soundtrack of the Delinquents? That's the one. Thank you. Yes, a film that I went to see in the cinema because she took her top off. Oh right. God. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that's probably the only reason to watch that film. Have you seen that film? No, seen. Oh my god, it's terrible. Yeah, it's so bad. It's like it's it is it's like a Saturday afternoon teen romance film. It's terrible, uh, and um, but I took that memory home with me. Oh, good keep it there to yourself but right so that's the top 10 but I'll tell you what there are some wicked singles in the top 40 okay just just isn't in terms of placing this other shit was going on yeah the Christians were number one Phil Collins was number one whatever this was the big seven but there's some good stuff happening in 1990 number 13 Megadeth no more Mr. Nice Guy I have no idea that got to number 13 in the charts for a start. Yeah, from the uh, soundtrack to the uh, the horror movie Shocker, I believe. Oh, was it in that? I believe oh, okay. so. Fair enough. Um, number 18, I had no idea this got so high. In the UK charts, Public Enemy, Welcome to the Terradome. Number 15. Number 18. 18. Well, I mean, it, that was that the lead single off of Black Planet? Um, very possibly. Um... 
We should know that. I think it, well, no, it wouldn't have been the lead single because "Fight the Power" was out the year before. And "Fight the Power" is the last song on uh, Black Planet, but it was probably the the lead new song that they recorded for that album. Look, Chris, I just cannot let it go. Fight the what? <laughs> Fight the power. That's how it's pronounced, mate. You're all. Everyone else is wrong. Mate, it's not golf. <laughs> <laughs> Up your whole day, Ben. <laughs> so, Public Enemy at 18, Silver Bullet 20 Seconds to Comply, we're at 25. Right, okay. How, how interesting. Sorry, what's, that, what's the full title of that song by Public Enemy? It's called Black Steel in the. In the R of Chaos. In the what? <laughs> <laughs> dick. <laughs> dick. <laughs> I tell you, mate, why will I learn that the people you don't want to piss off is the Northern Irish? True, actually. Anyway, carry on. Right, Silver Bullet, 20 seconds comply at 25. Brilliant. It's fucking stunning. Of course it is, man. Uh, Of course, a sample from Robocop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 seconds to comply. Um, And I I think I've got that on about three different 12 inches, all of them different remixes. Nice. Because. That's what you did when you had a tune, like, like oh, in back in the 1990s, you just went, remix this to fuck, and release it everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but they're all, all fantastic. Uh, number 29, again, this passed me by, Mission, Butterfly on a Wheel. Don't care. Don't care. Uh, I, I, I say that, I, 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 have more, I have more love for the mission now than I did at the time, is what I'm saying. But you know, I, I had no clue about the amount of time, not at all. And Happy Mondays, Manchester, Rayvon Eve, he's 34. So okay. we're starting to, well not starting to, but we have the roses obviously as well, but that sort of thing was making inroads too. So that's the, the state of play in the singles chart. There's some really interesting stuff going on. Some of the uh, kind of the outliers of the public enemy are coming in. No, oh, I mean, you know, pu- you know, pu- public enemy are peaking at this point. Well, yes, true. They really you know, they're, they're, you know, they're on a third record. Um, you know, they're supporting you two at this point. And with all of that stuff out there, your man on the street, is buying the Christians. Oh, I, hate, I hate to do it to you, and I don't want to do it to myself, but we've got to do the last three tracks of this record. The last three songs on this album. Track number seven, There You Go Again. Okay. Play a bit of this. Ugh. Dirge, I just... Fucking nonsense. Yeah. I, it's, I, I, I just can't even be bothered to be magnanimous about this anymore. No. No, I, I, at this point, listening through the album, I was just going, no, no, stop, don't do this. Is it like a poisonous friend or an ex? Yeah, well, that's it. I couldn't work out. I couldn't work out. This was about a friend or a lover, yeah. right? Because there's there's a lyric in you know you know he's he's talking about you know uh, I've taken you back so many times, which is not normal. It's like like if I had an argument with a friend, I'd be like, oh, I've taken you back. No, no, that's not how you phrase it. Yeah, you put the word taken in there, and you're the, the, <laughs> you know what I mean. That's yeah. the, the phrase "fair weather friend" is used several times in this song, right? Yeah. I mean, who even says that? Gary Christian in 1990, when he needed something to fit a line. But no, Fairweather, no, Fairweather Friend doesn't fit a line. You have to go some way mm. to make fair. Like, he thought that was something worth saying. Well, they, they wrote these songs thinking they were all brilliant. That's the thing. In their head, it's holed up in some very expensive 
studio that I had a record to pay for, and they thought this was amazing. Mate, and they live in Liverpool. There's never fair weather in Liverpool. <laughs> it is always fucking raining, right? <laughs> but this song is absolute nonsense. And, and I mean, there's a church organ solo in yes, this. Yes, there is. Right. Let's 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 have a little bit of that, shall we? All I've written down here is I just went, all this made me think of was if M people had done a cover of Organ Donor by DJ <laughs> Jesus, that's a terrifying thought. Who gives them ideas? Because and, 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 and that's the first time we mentioned them, but some of this has got an M people vibe about it as yeah. well. I, I, I had in my head more Chiba, but it's that sort of. I quite like more Chiba. Fair enough, but it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put more cheaper in the same category as M people. No, no. no. that album become is. I, I listened to that so much when it came out. It's a good record. Yeah, it's got a nice, it's slinky. It's nice. Oh, maybe I'm remembering. Oh, I don't remember being. No, it's a good record. I, right. I, I mean, I'm saying that with the benefit of not having heard it for 15 years, but I remember that fondly. Fine. Fine. Well, I shan't. I shan't badmouth them too much enough without hearing them more. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I can't hear any more of that song, that's crap. Yeah. Um, and again, what is that? Six minutes of this shit. Yeah. Now, this song is over at three minutes 40. I, I timed yes. this. It's, over, it's, it's, it's definitely over at three minutes 40. And it's like, basically, like, you know, if you hit a deer, mm. right, in your car, <laughs> and it's life is over at the moment of impact, right? But you stand there for 25 minutes, like, trying to get the steel to finish it off with a tire iron right I this see. the end of this song after three minutes 40 is just the death throes of a sad deer right that's all it is it's uh, terrible like yeah it is awful and i hope that they regret it there's an awful slide guitar in it somewhere like that the worst kind of slide guitar um now something i've come across on when looking at the videos and things like a lot of people really talking about what a powerhouse of a live band this band is. I know it's the right? same. Yep. Okay. People really, really believe that, right? Yep. Okay. What I don't understand is how do you experience that song live? What what do you do as it covers oh. you in its mucus? Oh. Now, surely they wouldn't play that live. I mean, but any of it. It's... Not the whole thing, yeah. It's like, you know, it's like... Okay, so with three minutes forty. Okay, right. We've, we've, the song's done what it's done. Okay. Ah, oh, do you know what though? I feel like there's more we can get out of that. What we need is a solid two and a half minutes of Saxon synth, right? Yeah. This is music for terrible people, right? It's it's yeah. music by tedious people for tedious people, right? This is for people who go to Cafe Rouge on Valentine's Day. This is like I mean, this is people who fuck with their socks on, right? This is what this is. This is like this is more. This is music for people who are good at mornings. <laughs> okay. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, this yeah. is not for me. No, no. It, it's it's uh, embarrassingly bad at this point. It's awful, mate. Yeah. It's it's so so bad. It also makes me think because this is only nine songs on this CD. I wonder if there were another four that the even the record company went. This is too bad. Look, right. I talked last week about the Phil Collins record and the version of what I was listening to was a special edition oh, right and I, I didn't I didn't love that record but I still listened to all of the live tracks mm -hmm. right because I wanted some perspective on it right now the thing about this record is the second that the bit that I needed to listen to ended I 
stopped. Right. Because look, the uh, the bonus tracks edition has got one, two, three, four. Funnily enough, has got has got four extra songs. They're short songs, and then you've two different remixes. Of, yeah, those were the single mixes. Of Greenback Drive. Greenback Drive is not a song. I mean, it, it needs remixing, but, it, well, it needs rewriting. Yeah, but, or left off the album. Right, so... Two so, more to go. Okay, right. So this one is called... Right, hey, one more baby in black. The, the lyrics to this song make no fucking sense. At all, right? On any level. It's, it's anti-drugs and anti-politics. Yes. But it's insanely vague I, I read through this several times and I and I was looking for what the analogy was right and it just doesn't make any sense right it's like your, your politicians lies mean that, that this young man has died and now a baby's wearing black um, and 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 the mother's sad right oh right yeah who's the baby in black Honestly, what I took from this, so yeah. Now, what I took was, was uh, the politicians are going out and giving platitudes and uh, not actually doing it. Back to them not doing anything. Meanwhile, yeah. there is a drugs problem, and uh, young men, especially, are shooting up and overdosing, and the politicians aren't doing anything about it. But who, so, who's who's the they, they who's are. the baby in black? The, the young men are because their mum, they're still they're their baby. And so the mum is in mourning because their young son has done drugs. Yes, but but the mum's in black, not the baby. Baby's in a box, right? That's not... It's bullshit. And the, the main thing about it, right, if this is a song about drugs, mm. right, and about death and about politics, why is it so relentlessly fucking jaunty? <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit too upbeat, that's fair. I'm a little bit, mate. Do you know what I mean? uh, maybe they just went oh fucking hell all these other songs on the album are shitting boring mate what this is like is it's like setting a load of Leonard Cohen lyrics to the tune of happy birthday <laughs> <laughs> like, and again this is a song this is a song that ends at four minutes and another two minutes of just widdly wankery right yeah this song's got a 40 second fade out uh, well again you were talking about they, they kind of lead into each other on some of this one so they just have a meandering nonsense for 30 seconds to join them I mean the only reason I can think about it is the producers there is going I have got so much control on this fader watch this <laughs> this is perfectly linear uh-huh. 40 se- 39 40 do you know what I mean right. it's anyway. there, there's no tune to this I don't think oh it's dog shit yeah and at, at one of the my my favourite worst lyrics on here, while you're out chasing boats, he's out chasing dragons all day. You know, uh, it, it's so on the nose. This is a terrible song. Right? Even if that was a great conceit, a great idea, it's just been produced within an inch of its life, mm. and the lyrics don't make sense. Someone should have told this guy to stop. I don't think we've really tackled that at all this guy is not a lyricist no no um, the, the ones where he's talking about politics it's, it's real you know student union politician cliche cliche all the way I mean I think it's even worse than that mate I think it's it's the cafe at a fucking warehouse 
like you know I've, I mean I've spent I've spent my time and I've done it's just it's a it's a real kind of daily mirror level of discourse throughout it right yeah. anyway it's shit anyway we've, we've wasted too much on this is the last song okay so the last one is in my R of need and that is how you pronounce R so yes joining in from the last one a little bit of uh, leftover church organ great and here comes the march impression on this one insipid yeah yeah insipid keys the same shit bass that has dogged the whole record the kind of the odd kind of atmospheric horn yeah and uh, I mean oh my god this is so bad it's like oh, what's this oh god this, this to me I think this is my least favourite song and when he starts singing, right? You know what this sounds like to me? This sounds like a hymn at a hip church. I've got written, it sounds like a children's hymn to make them sing this sound. Exactly, right? I, to me, this is this is uh, trendy vicar music. Right, yeah. Have you heard the good news? <laughs> it's the last track. Um, <laughs> but then it, go, it does have a thing towards back where they start going for the big gospel finish and they really break out the big guns. Oh, they've got the choir in, so we can find the choir. We discussed Like a Prayer last week. Yes. Okay. I have got a massive, massive soft spot for a big gospel choir in the pop song, right? Love it. Yeah, love it. Love it, right? I even love Tracy and Roberta here to help you in Guns N' Roses, right? I, but if you put an actual gospel choir in a pop song, I'm all over it, right? All I've written here in capital letters... Uh, in double point one is big gospel finish that's that's in small letters but then after that it's too late for this you fucking cunts <laughs> right <laughs> this song this this record by this point I decided was just designed to break my will do you know what I mean I, I was getting that kind of whole clockwork orange thing like I was just sat there I was like I I'm, I, I have to listen to this because we ha- we're old friends mm. and we've said that we will and yeah. I cannot let you down there were just so many points throughout this song I just went this is still going oh yeah well again in terms of throwing stuff at it they did they put the church organ in they put the gospel choir in they got massive backing vocals up everywhere it goes on and yeah. on and on and and it is just, oh, please God, listen to me talk about Jesus. I mean, it, it feels like they've gone, if you've made it this far, you deserve a reward. So here's it, here's everything. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, it's like the you know the end scene of a computer game. It's right. like, oh, okay, well, at least I've got some. It's like, mate, as far as I'm concerned, if you can describe the end of this album, you should be able to write off to the record company and they'll send you a badge. <laughs> because, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you, you, I, you've achieved an unlocked. Because I, I would, I, I would say, right? You can't say this is objectively a bad record, right? Because you'd have had to try so much harder to make something bad. Okay. This is just the definition of average. When, when you've got the amount of resource available to you that these guys had, yeah, the amount afforded to you. And this is what you come up with. 
You have forgotten the face of your father, sir. Right. I'll tell you what, though. I've never, never been so happy that Spotify deliver terrible royalties as I have been when I've listened to that record. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I don't, mate. I feel if, if I felt they were getting paid decently for those listens, I would feel like I funded terrorism. Right. <laughs> so that was Christian's colour. That was painful. So yes, uh, final thoughts on that album as a whole, Dave. I hated it. Right, yeah. I would rather sit through a thousand awful splatter horror movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would rather listen to the most offensive gangster rap. Uh, like not that I would like either of those things, but I would. Neither of them would offend me as much as that. The mediocrity. Oh my god! Is there anything worse in music than mediocrity? Fair that is. That's a crystallization of average mediocrity. Exactly that. Yeah, that is. It, it's like the. It's like the Breaking Bad meth of nineties mediocrity. <laughs> so. It's done? Well, no, it's not done, because if, you, if this is your first time listening to this, we also, uh, on on our Spotify account... Oh, God. We have committed to That's making true. a playlist, and, there, and the, the rules is that there have to be at least one song from each of these albums represented on the playlist. Right. I mean... Well, there's only one option. Yeah. For, for, for me, you know, I, I like the second song. I find out. Yeah. Okay. And... Now I'm thinking, and having listened to the rest of the record again just now, I'm feeling less charitable towards it. Oh yes, because I don't want to encourage them. By the rest of it. But if you have to have one, it has to be that one. Exactly, mate. You know, it's uh, well, it's it's the, the lesser of all evils. Yeah, it's basically if you you've got to eat a turd off a pile of turds, right? <laughs> this is the only turd that doesn't contain a ringworm. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It has a light dusting of sugar on it. Yeah, it's a slap to the face as opposed to a needle <laughs> Yeah, exactly that. Okay, so we will be back in a week's time with our third number one album of the 1990s, which is, Krista Greer? It is Sinead O'Connor. Briefly mentioned earlier, it is Sinead O'Connor's I Do Not Want What I Haven't Got. I am looking forward to hearing that. Yes, I must admit, I've never taken the time to go for it, so we'll see what happens. Uh, well, it can't be worse than this. I feel like at this point, man, I feel like the, the end of the, the end of that, I feel like we should cut away to a, a shot of a field of poppies or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I feel like that was our song. <laughs> <laughs>